Okay. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to In the Same Boat. We have a fellow brain science nerd. You work in brain science. Yeah, I do. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, world. My <laughs> name is Brooke. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns interchangeably. I guess I can give an example of what that looks like for all the queer people out there. Um, yeah. If you were, like, talking about me and what I did this morning, you could be like, she woke up and then she brushed her teeth. Or you could be like, uh, they woke up and then they brushed their teeth. Or you could be like, they woke up and then she brushed her teeth. And all would work for me. That's a great example. Thank you. That. Thank you. Yes. And all promotion of healthy uh, dental health. Hygiene. Yeah. Yes. You brush your teeth three times. <laughs> yeah, I brushed it three times, actually. <laughs> and uh, with all the combinations of pronouns. Oh, wow. I love that mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you listened to the podcast oh, and yeah. reached out to us with your story, mm-hmm. um, which we loved because usually we have to hunt people down. <laughs> well, yeah, I listened to all of them on public transit, which feels like <laughs> so my own little like gay escapade through the city of Seattle, just like, <laughs> listening to the stories of other queer folk, um, you know, like also playing the soundtrack of my life through my head. Um, and <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. I want to be a part of that. Not because... That makes me sound kind of self-centered. No, no. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> I was like, I want to talk to them. So, so here, here you are. are. Um, okay, so can you tell us a little bit more about like um, your queerness? Yes. What a broad and lovely question. Well, like, so you probably have experienced what we've called a goop phase. Yes. In maybe multiple different ways. Totally. Do you want to, like, whatever you're comfortable sharing? Absolutely. Yeah, multiple goop phases. But I would say, like, Mm. my goop phase is, like, looks a little bit different than just coming out um, and coming to terms with my sexuality. I think my goop phase really, or, like, what I would say my primary goop phase would have to do with my gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I w- knew I was queer in high school. I was, like, surrounded by people, especially women at that point, that I was like, oh my gosh, I just love you so much, <laughs> and you're so interesting and smart and beautiful, and I want to be you. And then I think in my junior year, I was like, I think I want to more than be you. I think I want to date you. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, I think, like, actually a pretty easy transition for me mentally because I was in women's choir, an all-women's <laughs> choir, and there was a lot of, like, queer people in the choir space and in, like, the theater space already. And then I was also on an all-girls soccer team. Um, you know, the soccer that game in pipeline is just I know, I feel quite like... dramatic, yeah. Yeah, people have talked about that, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I feel like it's come up multiple times. Um, and so, like, my first queer experiences at that point, uh, like, my first physical queer experiences were in high school, like, kissing girls or sleeping with girls or, you <laughs> Say know, it aloud. sleeping with girls. <laughs> Be proud. Sorry, mom. Like, a lot of sleepovers weren't as, weren't as good, clean fun as maybe you thought. Um, but yeah, so, and I think, um, also that was reinforced by my community because of the way that I like, beha- like my mannerisms and the way that I occupied space at that time, people were like, oh, Brooke's kind of gay. And so the hardest part about me, like realizing that for myself was that I felt like a lot of people could see that in me before mm-hmm. I could see it for myself. And so it was yeah. like, yeah. yeah, that feeling, I feel like you all have talked about, about the feeling like you were being untruthful to yourself. And yeah. then I felt like 
it was written on my forehead and like only I couldn't see it, <laughs> you know, because it's... Yeah, no, I definitely relate to that. Yeah, and it's so hard because you want to be like... I don't know if I wasn't ready to see it or if also I didn't know what they meant by it and the connotations that they were putting into that word and, like, if it was going to impact our friendship or impact me and, like, what they thought of me at that point. Um, But all that to say, I left high school and I was like, I'm going to go to college and just tell everybody I'm bi. (laughs) Like, (laughs) here I go. Like, I'm just going to, like, say, I'm bisexual. Off I go. Um, And, uh... Then that was reinforced by the summer before I left for college. I went to this summer camp and I worked there and I was just surrounded by people that were, I was 18 and there was like people that were like in their mid twenties, like 25 who were like openly queer and here for it. They were here for my journey. They were like, Oh, so you're a little bi baby. Like, (laughs) Oh, you know, like really trying to hype me up and like asking me really intentional questions and also like sharing with me, like, here's how to flirt like you don't have to flirt like you've been flirted with before like you can like kind of deviate from that social norm and you can uh you don't have to just live within that normal like heteronormative almost like style you can deviate from that I was like this is awesome I can just like write my own rule book um but also writing your own rule book is kind of scary (laughs) a lot of pressure um and so Um, I went to college and I was like, that would be like the beginning, like the merger from high school to college would be like goop phase number one of like me having actual like physical intentional relationships with predominantly women, but also like queer and non-binary folk. And, um, and that was, I feel like really fun and really exciting and also like scary in its own way because how do I... You know, it's just there's a lot of people. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like, you're like, there's a lot of people in the world. Like, who am I attracted to? Who do I, who am I not attracted to? How do I define what I'm attracted to? How am I, do I define what I'm okay with experimentally? Like, who, with the person I'm having sex with? Like, how do I know what I like? Um, all those different features. Um, and then I met my partner who, dun dun dun, is a man. <laughs> no, no. So sad. Um, <laughs> knife to the heart. Um, and I like we just like fell in love and I like at that point hadn't like really thought about like hadn't revisited my title and identity as bisexual but thought um that I was gonna end up with a woman and then when I ended up with a man it was like surprising but Mm. also like really lovely and fun and like I think it speaks to him as a person now not Mm. so much like yeah um necessarily that I had put myself in this like oh I think I'm like becoming gay box and then ended up with a man more just like I kind of fell in love with him as a person and yeah that's really beautiful um and then the pandemic happened we're skipping forward a little bit and like many people with TikTok and Instagram I was like maybe I'm big gay like maybe I'm not like or, like, maybe there's something different about me that can be described through different language and different words and that can honor this, like, bisexuality in a different way. Um, and through that, I was like, oh, wait, actually, like, what I'm questioning is no longer my sexual identity, it's actually my gender identity and, like, how I show up in that space. Um, and uh, at the time, like, I really wasn't confident in my gender expression either, so, like, I was like, whoa, like, maybe all these tomboy-esque, like, quotes around that, and, like, 
kind of feelings of more masculinity um, as a kid actually represent a part of me that is a gender, like outside of the gender norm. Mm. Um, and so I did a lot of journaling, a lot of like really like listening to queer people around me, listening to queer people on the internet, being like, what is this space? Like I've never like I've known people who identified as non-binary, but I hadn't known their experience in an intimate way of like when you try to enter that community, you get to know them very well, you know, and like their story and like how they come to <coughs> identifying that way, you know. It's not something that I feel like I was like born and I just knew <laughs> like off the bat that I was like a non-binary person. And I think um, it was just noticing like little tendencies in myself and like little parts of me that weren't really satisfied entirely by like being a, the word woman or like even parts of my body that I wasn't like super confident in. And then that I wished, you know, I've heard somebody say like, oh, don't you just wish like you could take your breasts off and like put them on a shelf <laughs> like they just like don't go with the outfit so like yeah don't you just wish and some people are like no <laughs> I don't wish that about myself and I'm like oh maybe that means like I'm a little bit different in that way yeah. and so um yeah so I would say like that was like my main goop phase of like coming to terms with my identity as a non-binary person and kind of like coming into that um and exploring what that looked like for me because uh, it was like, that was like the visceral reaction in my body was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm crying in my house. <laughs> like, I'm realizing this thing about myself. Um, so were you able to explore it? And like within your, cause you were in a relationship. So like, oh like yeah. That. Yeah. Great question. And so, <laughs> um, yeah. And so then I was like, okay, I'm non-binary. And before I identified as bisexual, do those fit together? Mm -hmm. Like, is bisexual bisexuality inherently binary? And, like, mm -hmm. also, like, being able to present myself to the world in a much more masculine way and, like, come to, and, like, kind of use they, them pronouns and live authentically, like, does that change my sexual preferences, like, completely? Like, am I attracted to, um, you know, am I attracted to men in the same way? Am I attracted to women differently? Like, can I date uh, like, women or non-binary folk as a more butch person or a more dominant person, like, giving myself the space to occupy that space, mm. um, uh, as, like, did, did it change anything about me? And so I have a fantastic partner, um, who I came out to him crying in our living room. Um, I had, like, purple hair, and I was, like, <laughs> Um, and I remember crying and I had just dyed my hair purple and the purple dye, like my tears got on the purple dye of the hair and it like made my shoulders purple and I was like <laughs> crying. Um, anyway, and like his, the first words out of his mouth were like, oh my gosh, like how can I support you in that? Like, what does that look like for us? Like, do you need anything to change? Like, I love you just the same, but like, what do you need right now? And I was like, oh. Oh my god. That's so sweet. You know, isn't it? It's yeah. so great. But also, like, I didn't know the yeah. answer to that question mm -hmm. at all because I was like, I'm gonna come out to him and I'm we're gonna break up maybe. Like that's very scary, you know? Mm -hmm. Um because like he was identifying as like a straight guy, yeah. <laughs> you know? So like what does that look like? Um and uh at that point I was like, okay, let me think about that for a very long time. So I thought about it for like six months. And mm -hmm. I was like, actually, I think it means that I need to, in that time I thought, 
well, if I'm having all these questions, maybe I just need to go answer them. Maybe I need to, as a non-binary person, like maybe flirt with somebody or like mm -hmm. date somebody or get to know somebody differently yeah. who isn't my partner now and see like if my gender identity like and my sexuality like are at an impasse, right? If there's, if there's something different. Um, and my partner was like super down to like let me explore um, and like meet those like needs for my gender and needs for understanding my sexuality and that was when we like quote like opened our relationship um yeah and so it gave me like the opportunity to explore that and i think that i'm still totally cool with like having those experiences has made me content with my identities and realize that i'm still totally cool as like a non-binary bisexual person and that the two like the gender binary doesn't always like a it's very intentional i think actually that i identify that way and I think that it's very I try to be in that sense um point at the birasure that happens in the community and mm. point at like the ways that you can contain multitudes you know yeah. like in that space and so by I, saying like you're cool with it do you mean that, like the definitions or the words that you're using like those are you, you feel comfortable with those now yeah I would say I think that I yes exactly I identify as non-binary and bisexual and I think that without the space to like explore that mm -hmm. um with other partners or with like other people you know and also with my current partner right yeah. like explore mm -hmm. the changes that we could make to make our relationship like you know our relationship was always kind of queer from my perspective because i was bisexual in it but now like how does our relationship change if i want to occupy more space as like a more masculine person like right. if i want to i have armpit hair and leg mm -hmm. hair and how does that change attraction you know like how does yeah. that change um, you know, uh, what he, he likes and he wants. And yeah. so, um, I think after all of this, after years of doing this, I'm still like good with those labels and I still like feel like they fit me and best describe who I am, which is really cool. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Oh yeah. That was fantastic. Okay. Thank cool. You. Yeah. <laughs> answer. Oh, thanks. I talked for a long time. No, that was great. That was good. <laughs> um, so I love the dynamic that you have with your partner that seems really just agreed it seems very Sorry. healthy I don't know. um what about your relationships with um like people who have known you for a really long like your close friends or family like how what was the sort of reaction that you received good or bad or oh such a good question <laughs> such a good question um I think that um there's like two camps for that there's like mm -hmm. my friends in Seattle um who have known me as an adult who have known me only as a bisexual adult, right? As a queer adult. Mm -hmm. um, and they have been super cool um, with everything. They have yeah. made, a, a, like, a great effort to honor my queer identities, like, and to use the both of the pronouns that I use all the time when they talk about me and um, to kind of allow me to enter very queer spaces and to enter very, like, kind of traditionally heteronormative spaces as a flow, you know? Yeah. It's not been, like... You identify as more queer and now you're you're in one space uh, and then the other camp is the people from home the mm -hmm. people who i've like grew up with and there are people in my life and my family of course and yeah. so there are people in my life who do a great job of like from home who do a great job of using both pronouns for me and trying to ask really intentional questions mm -hmm. i grew up in southern california and as much as that state is blue the suburbs are red yeah. and so, um, and very like religious, very churchy. So those communities, um, I think have been hard 
to like allow in and some people have been really supportive and responsive and some people haven't mm -hmm. um with my family in particular it's really hard um to have them honor my non-binary self because and even my bisexual self because to them i'm still a straight girl dating a man mm -hmm. right and yeah. so like the perceived heteronormativity there is something that is like a visual cog that they like yeah. they can't they can't undo it they're stuck in the in the visual representation of it and so it's been a lot of reminding and a lot of um like training i guess mm -hmm. um and i will say also my partner's family i had to come out to them too which was weird um because i didn't know if i was going to really and then it just kind of happened and uh, my partner is really good at trying to use they them pronouns for me mm -hmm. um, in all spaces, but particularly in spaces where he knows that people don't know yeah. and are like, he'll use she pronouns with all of our friends and it's totally fine and cool. But like with his parents, he's like very much like tries to use they them pronouns with me, which gotcha. I'm like super supportive of. And I feel really held in those situations. Yeah. So I just love him so nice much. Pie. I know. What was your question? My question is like, how do you feel like your openness in your relationship helped you navigate? Because like, it feels like you had a confidence in your sexuality. I think a lot of people would not assume that gender identity would require, or like, uh, like openness would help reinforce that. Can you talk about that like a little bit more? If that oh, makes yeah. sense. Totally. So I think that in my queer relationships or at least especially in my physical queer relationships before i had kind of like played up the femininity like i definitely um when i was dating women like that first year in college or like before i was like very femme um and so those relationships thus far in my head even though they were like kind of like making your own rule book because they were queer um, they were very much like heteronormative in the roles that yeah. mm. people were occupying in them. And so for me, my bisexual identity and like exploration to becoming like, like to understanding my bisexuality was still rooted in like some gender norms, you know? And yeah. um, even I would say the most deviant relationship from gender norms that I had is my current relationship that I'm in and was the current relationship that I was in, mm. not the like, like more queer or like lesbian relationships that I had been in and so um when I came out as non-binary I was like wait a second like this is allowing me to explore a much more masculine side of myself a much yeah. more like androgynous in-between side of myself and I will say also like these are all words right because there's like a limited like there's like a fault in the logos that's very like play-doh but like <laughs> but like there's like a problem with words we only have so many words to describe like the things that we're experiencing and i think it's like yeah. this whole like spectral nature nature of gender is like yeah. indescribable with words so i'm just trying to use words but like mask femme androgynous they're all like flawed in their own way it's like the limitation of the instrument so it's like i'm using them but i don't know if they're like the right words i'll say yeah but anyway so as i'm like exploring this new gendered, non-gendered, agendered space of trying to like let go of everything that I knew about gender, I was like, wait a second, like in my current relationship, I feel like I've let go of my gender identity, like the gender roles that have been assigned. But like in all of those times that I was queer, was I just like, like a little like straight femme <laughs> like having sex with women, you know? I'm like, oh no, like 
have I, I haven't explored that, and what if I explore that in a more masculine or a different gender energy space? Even though that was something that was always true about me, it was never something that I allowed out. Um, and so what if I explore that space and it changes, it like revolutionizes my experience and it totally changes everything that I want out of a sexual or romantic relationship. And so yeah. I think then when I had the opportunity to explore that, you know, I still feel like, oh, when I occupy that space, um, I can be authentically myself and that person will receive that part of me regardless of how I'm showing up and it won't change the like romantic dynamic of like what I want because I yeah. want to be present in with that person, you know? Yeah. Um, which also says something about like how my sexuality has changed because I think before it was a very like physical sexuality and now I'm like very much here for the emotional intimacy, you yeah. know, whether it be my partner or the person that like I like another person that I'm engaging with within the boundaries of my open relationship. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you feel like to some extent, I don't know how, how to explain this, but like there's different components of your identity that come out in, in any relationship beyond yeah. the bounds of gender or mm -hmm. sexuality. Like there's different fractals of yourself that are activated by interacting with different people. Do you feel like that is a reason for openness to be like something that more people pursue, if that makes sense, because you allow yourself to see different components of yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, I will also say, too, like, as we're talking about openness, I want to be clear that, like, um, there's, like, openness and, like, non-monogamy, and then there's, like, poly, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's And polyamory. Different. And they're like, two different camps, and when I first started to think about, oh, I'm going to engage, like, go out and learn stuff about myself, for yeah. some reason, my baby queer self was, like, I don't want to date three people, like, all at the same time, and we're all dating each other, because yeah. that's, like, not my vibe, right? Yeah. And in the same way, I feel like um, non-monogamy isn't for everybody, but once you, like, it's something that I feel like everybody should ask themselves, you know? And if you say, like, non-monogamy isn't for me, that's totally okay, but, like, be like, why? The part of me is, like, I'm open to the openness, but sometimes I'm, like cool with not being open and exploring it all the time. Like, just because you're non-monogamous doesn't mean you have to actively be practicing non-monogamy mm -hmm. by dating lots of people. It just yeah. means that, like, it could happen. But it's not like, it's not like I'm dating my partner and then I'm, like, on all the apps and, like, dating yeah. people actively. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, if I meet somebody out and, like, we have a connection, it's, like, an opportunity for me to, like, explore that further. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Have either of you been in open relationships before? I have. Um, I enjoyed it briefly. I don't think that it's something that I, like, I don't want to tell myself, like, I wouldn't explore that again. Um, but I don't think I'm really built for an open relationship. Because yeah. I am very much like a, I just don't see that being something that I do. Mm -hmm. um, just based on my personality. Yeah, that's okay. It's also really hard. Yeah. Like, I haven't said that yet, but it's, like, really hard. It takes, like, so much communication and so much yep. boundary setting and so much check-ins. And, like, I will say, like, times, there have been times where it's been, like, oh, like, you know, I can't engage in this. So if you were thinking about doing this, like, please do not. Like, I, yeah. I have too much on my plate, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to tell my future self that I, like wouldn't be able or like wouldn't be capable of yeah. it but if i had to guess what i imagine is more likely is the like i end up meeting someone and getting married versus yeah. like an open relationship and those things can can be combined of course but like yeah. uh, that's uh, that's what i imagine what about you i have not been in an open relationship this I, is shauna speaking <laughs> i would uh i don't know that i would be opposed to it like i am a strong believer in what i had kind of asked you which is this concept of like 
different people bring out different um, sides of you. So I think I kind of struggle with the idea of being with one partner for your entire life because I think that that is really terrifying, the idea that you are then kind of like uh, handcuffed to that type oh, of yeah. person that you would be with them. Not to say that growth isn't possible or expected, um, but I think that every person I have had sort of a relationship with has been a different part of myself. Like my like ex-partner and I are um, like primary component of our relationship is like humor and goofiness. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily I have a like very philosophical and scientific side and that mm -hmm. wasn't something that we were engaging in conversations oh, yeah. about regularly. So like my point is that I, I think that like the challenge is that like being like you're saying in an open relationship is so so difficult. I wish that it were more normalized so that it wouldn't have to be something yeah. that like I think like do you feel like one of the reasons why having an open relationship is so hard is that like like the blueprint isn't necessarily yeah, there. I was just thinking that as you were talking. Because <laughs> like you look up to like people who have been married for many many years and that's a blueprint for marriage right? Yeah. But there's not necessarily a blueprint for what it means to be in an open relationship. I don't know. Yeah. So you have to, do you feel like part of the difficulty of that is sort of being like, I don't really fucking know. Totally. Yeah. I 100% agree. And I also think that like, people, I think, if there's media representation for queerness, which is already not a lot, there's like none for like what open relationships are, yeah. you know, <laughs> like zero. <laughs> and so like, how are we supposed to know? How, how? How do you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know? And also, like, on top of that, I feel like so many people in Seattle practice, like, openness, but mm. then, like, you go, or, I mean, at least that's been my experience, experience within the queer community is that, like, a lot of queer folks are open, mm -hmm. um, or are open to talking about being open with their partners, um, but then you go other places, and it's kind of like, oh, like... I go, you know, I visit my family in Southern California, and my friends are like, what? I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Like, I, mm -hmm. it's not even part of the the conversation, it's yeah. not part of the community, and or it's just becoming part of the community, and especially yeah. with, like, um, straight friends, because, like, I have straight friends, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, weird. Weird. It's like... Couldn't be me. Yeah, it's like, how do we, like... They're not listening to the, all the queer podcasts and consuming all the queer media that I am very intentionally trying to like learn and grow and be part of like yeah. this queer conversation. And so it's like there's there's nothing to to go off of, especially in perceivably heteronormative relationships or like actual heteronormative relationships. Like openness is like people think of like swingers, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like, exactly. It's not the same, you yeah. know? Um, and it's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's very hard to build your own blueprint, you know? I also, like, in the case of swingers, like, that seems like such a sexual context. Totally. You know? And openness is also not inherently sexual. Yes. I feel like, do you? Oh, I totally agree. There's, like, I saw this, like, graphic on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, there's, like, eight types of attraction. And I was like, eight? <laughs> so many. So many! <laughs> and some, one of them was, like, intellectual attraction. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've totally had crushes on, like, my professors before that I haven't given myself credit to, like, 
feel that attraction because yeah. I'm like, that's like predatory or weird that I'm yeah. Like, yeah. crushing on my professor. But I'm definitely attracted to them in that way. And then there's like this like romantic attraction and then there's like intimate attraction and those things can be different. Yeah. You know, you can like be vulnerable with somebody and get to a level of vulnerability that you're like attracted to them with. Um, and so that can be like wanting to hold their hand or like wanting to like like cuddle with them and stuff. Yeah. And like some partners would consider that if you're in a monogamous relationship, straight up cheating. Yeah. But if you have that option of openness, it allows for kind of the gray space to be handled and to kind of like be like, yeah. look, like I just want to be intimate with this person because I feel very close to them. And I feel like mm -hmm. we've been like very close and vulnerable with each other. And I feel like we've shared parts of our story and it makes me want to be close to them and mm -hmm. maybe smooch them. But it doesn't mean that I necessarily want to be with them. I love hearing you use the word smooch. Oh, smooch is my favorite word for kiss ever. It sounds like when it you sounds kiss. like a smooch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that weird noise that we all like Absolutely. make but don't have to when you're done kissing somebody. You're absolutely and right. It sounds like the end of smooch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That was very, very well great. said. Thank you for that. Oh, thanks. Oh, my gosh. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to you, say it. You succeeded. Um, I guess, like, one of my questions for you all was if you feel comfortable saying, like, do you, you use a label and how did you come to that label? Ooh, that's a good question. Do you want to do it? Yeah, my label, like, for a long time I really identified with gay. Lesbian was something. Is this what you meant? Yeah, okay. this is precisely <laughs> what I meant. Lesbian, I really struggled with because I associated that with, like, Ellen DeGeneres, Rosie O'Donnell, like, very much, like, your butch lesbian, and I was like, I'm not a lesbian, and then there was kind of a point where I was like, I, I sort of took pride in identifying with that. My gender identity, I, like, strongly identify with being a woman, mm -hmm. um, but being a queer woman, like, in that space of queer queerness yeah. in gender identity, but... And I haven't really thought a lot about that. It feels like something that I could imagine, like maybe in the future I'd have an, a crisis about it, but it has not yet emerged to mm -hmm. me. Does that make sense? Yeah, that really makes sense. So yeah. I, I've always been very comfortable in my identity as a woman. I've always loved being a woman. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started questioning my sexuality, like when I went from being like, I'm definitely straight to, oh, I might not be bisexual never really felt right for me but like mm. when other people would like when I would talk about cause while I was like figuring it out and I was talking with friends and stuff and other people would use the word bisexual and I would like I wouldn't say anything else I'd be like oh that that makes sense given like the data that you've been given here like sure <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I'm not gonna say anything else because um, I just I didn't really know but that didn't quite feel right yeah and I think also while like especially at the beginning of questioning my sexuality I did start like I would there was like a like an expression part of that that changed. like my the way that I dressed I like I cut my hair super short I was like maybe this is what you're supposed to yeah, do yeah. figure it out um, so I did play around a little bit with like the way that I was dressing or the way mm -hmm. that I did my hair um, and then as I became more comfortable in like no I actually I don't think it's bisexual I I like women mm -hmm. um, and then I was able to sort of shift back into and I am very confident in like my identity as a female yeah. woman mm -hmm. um so then I, I went back to sort of like a little bit more feminine and yeah also I did not look good with short hair but like that was a little bit different <laughs> I have a very round face I don't know um but yes I I kind of brought back the the outwardly feminine stuff like mm -hmm. wearing heels and skirts when I wasn't in the lab or like yeah yeah so 
that it was a little bit of a like there was definitely a period of time where that where I was trying to figure that out um, mm -hmm. but then once I had yeah I'm confident in those things now yeah I think at first the mm -hmm. the word queer was very helpful yeah. mm -hmm. while I was like playing around with it it's uh -huh. like that is I can just move, yeah that's it that's yeah. and then you know had to like kind of work to figure out like pin down something specific but like what you were saying when we were planning the episode I loved the way that you talked about queerness and the importance of advocacy and stuff so if you want to whatever comes to mind there yeah. <laughs> well, I think what we talked about before was that queer is like a great word I think especially for people who are playing around with their gender identities playing around with their gender expressions or their pronouns or their sexuality to kind of come into the community and be like I'm queer and we're like oh you baby like, yeah. oh, you know welcome like we'll be your chosen family like you are yeah. welcome here like we see you we honor you you're safe here like all those things and then I also feel like as like queer people um like to me queer can be that word but as soon as you start to be welcomed into this community, queer becomes a verb, and I think that's what we mm -hmm. talked about before, which yeah. is that um, historically the word queer has been used to describe things that are only rooted in advocacy, you know, like mm -hmm. like Stonewall and like, yeah. and like riots in the streets and like people really advocating and putting their like bodies and identities on the line for like the betterment of all people in the LGBTQIA plus umbrella. And so to me, like, um, like, every day like I can identify as a bisexual person but unless I'm like out there really utilizing whatever platform I have like whatever voice I have whatever privilege I have to advocate for like trans BIPOC people for intersex people for people that are not necessarily part of my identities and for people who are my identities who are less privileged in that I'm also white you know <laughs> like yeah. all those things then like I can't I self-identify as queer because I'm not doing the work of advocacy for like our entire community and so I feel like maybe that's like scary to people like that like queer is a verb but it's something yeah. to me that is like shouldn't be scary because it should be something that we're all communally doing and all holding each other accountable to yeah so. we're all able to be this because of each other so we need to like make sure that there, there is space for the new people and for the people who have been around for a while who don't who still don't feel comfortable there exactly and like it's okay for people to hold you accountable to when you F up, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. that's part of growing and learning. One more thing <laughs> is that when we were talking about bisexuality and, like, um, being queer, like, I started, like, I got this so many times, which was, like, how can you be bi and end bi? Like, it doesn't make sense. Bisexual is, like, within the binary. And so... One day, I, like, sat down, and I read my Judith Butler, and I read my <laughs> Nikita Oliver, and I read, like, all these, and my Julia Serrano, and, like, all this stuff, and I was, like, that I wanted to find a way to respond to these people that was, like, no. And here's why. And here's why. And I, like, came up with this, like, written paragraph of, like, why. But I think the summary is that, like, the reason... That I call myself a bisexual is because I find that I am able to be attracted to at any time in any way you know romantically intimately or sexually um people of one or more gender it's not yeah. like just two genders and this can happen not necessarily at the same time or in the same way and to the same degree that's like all-encompassing and I feel like that's why what I've settled on and I also think that I do 
the bisexual non-binary thing very intentionally because I know that there's a lot of birasure and especially oh, yeah. within the non-binary community and so I like to put myself as having privileged identities of being like white mm -hmm. and like very femme passing and in a perceivably straight relationship like in that mixed space and like kind of when people find themselves being dissonant or uncomfortable by that kind of like mm -hmm. push the question be like ask me why now because mm -hmm. I have an answer and like let's talk about it yeah. you know um, and that was something that I wanted to say coming in, so yeah. I said it now. <laughs> yes. And it has been said. Yes. Oh. So, yeah. And you know, guys, whether we're bi or lesbian or gay, say it. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> I love her. When can you come back on the podcast? Soon. Soon. Whenever. When do you want to have me back? Oh, we have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. This is so great. Thank you so much for. I feel like oh, this yeah. has been like a fever dream because it's hot as balls in here. I'm so yeah, sorry about that. I will get an air conditioner. Maybe we'll have to turn it off because of the sound. Oh, but yes.